Hello, and welcome to the BTG Podcast. I am your host, Jen Fable of BTG Wellness and LiveLifeUnbroken.com. BTG stands for Bridge the Gap, and it is inspired by my own healing journey. After receiving seven different mental health diagnoses by the age of 19, I quickly realized that there was a massive gap between what I believed and understood in my head and what I truly felt in my heart. And no matter how many therapists I went to, I couldn't seem to bridge that gap until I found the tools and information that I share in my one-on-one private sessions, trainings, and right here on this podcast. My goal is to help you begin to bridge that gap by bringing you different topics related to mental, emotional, and spiritual well-being. And in case you didn't know, this podcast is recorded live during my weekly Zoom virtual healing circles. These are weekly virtual gatherings that are 100% free, and no RSVP is required. So you are welcome to come whenever you can and stay as long as you want. Each week, we open the space with a candle meditation, after which I will share with you my favorite grounding practices and lead you through a circle casting, guided meditation and breath work, followed by a soul-inspiring gratitude practice. If you are interested in learning more about how you can continue your journey and experience my virtual healing circles in real time, please visit www.btgwellness.com circle and join my free circle membership. Of course, if you like what you hear in today's episode, please remember to leave a review and share the love by sharing this episode with your friends, family, and social network. And as always, if you have any questions, please know you can always reach out to me through my website at www.btgwellness.com or through email or social media. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to the Virtual Healing Circle with me, Jen Fable of BTG Wellness and LiveLifeUnbroken.com. And tonight is part two of a four-part series where we're talking about how to work with the elements. Now, last week we talked about the elements of earth. And so if you wanted a recap of that, you can go back and check out the podcast episode. And tonight we're going to talk about the elements of water. So why is this important? This is important because long before there was anything else, we understood that fire was different from water that our world, that our bodies is some delicate balance of four basic elements. We understood that there was earth and air and fire and water. This means that the elements are some of our oldest ancestors and some of the deepest forms of magic and healing we can access. This is important because our life literally begins with water. Long before we emerge from the womb, we are surrounded by amniotic fluid. We are surrounded by the fluid of life, the element of water. And so it holds the vibration of our most primordial selves. Therefore, it's a crucial part of our healing. And this is important because the elements offer quite unique opportunities to help you find some balance, to help you find the deeper healing that you may be searching for. Now, the idea of there being four main elements was first introduced by the Greek philosopher Empedocles, who was also a scientist and a healer. He's the first one who proposed that there are four elements that make up everything, that there is earth that there is water, that there is fire, and there is air. Now, this theory was first recorded in 450 BCE, so before the Common Era. It was later supported and added to by Aristotle, who then also added a fifth element called ether. 
Now, the theory that matter was composed of these four basic elements ended up becoming the cornerstone of philosophy, of science, of medicine, and that lasted for over 2,000 years. Now, we now know that the natural world is made up of more than just four elements. If you've ever seen the periodic table, you know that there are lots and lots of elements, but the four basic elements still represent the four states of matter, with solid representing the element of earth, liquid the element of water, gas the element of air, and plasma the element of fire. Now, while this idea about the elements was originally used to describe physical reality, like the stuff around you, the Greek physician Hippocrates later used it to describe the temperaments, the psychology of who we are. Now, I want to remind you that each of the elements contains its own unique properties. None are inherently good or bad, but they have positive and negative qualities. So it's all about balance. And that doesn't mean like I have to be like 25% earth and 25% water and 25% air and 25% fire at all times. And then ta-da, I'm balanced. <laughs> it's about recognizing when you come out of balance and which elements you need to bring in to put you back into balance. So it's not about holding balance. It's about knowing how to rebalance ourselves when we inevitably get bonked off course. Now, we've talked in the past about this idea that you exist on four layers of reality or realms. You have the physical realm, you have the emotional realm, you have your mental realm, and you have the energetic or spiritual realm. Now, each of these realms is associated with different aspects of our psyche. Our emotional realm is our unconscious mind. Our mental realm is our conscious mind. In addition to being connected to parts of our psyche, each layer of reality is also connected to one of the elements. And so when we're talking about the element of water, what we're really talking about is our emotional self and our unconscious mind. Let's go a little deeper with that. So the element of water is connected to the emotional realm. That means that it represents our emotions, our dreams, our subconscious, our blood, and our shadow self. It is our most primordial ancestral self. It is the part that contains the imprint of our earliest moments of life. And so it contains the deep, dark secrets about who we are. It's also the part that contains the deep, dark secrets about who we are. And so a lot of us don't like to work with this element. If you look at the ocean, if you look at a large body of water, that water extends below the earth. From the surface, all you can really see on a still day are the reflections of the clouds above, or you might see some choppiness on the surface, but you don't really know what's down there. In order to know what's in the emotional realm, we have to be willing to go beneath the surface and explore something that we can't see from above. This is why it's called our shadow self. It is the part of the universe that is unknown, but is knowable. The element of water is about accepting our mortality while acknowledging the part of us that is that immortal primordial part of us. Water itself is a shapeshifter, so it moves easily through the world. It follows the path of least resistance. It follows a path that it can take more readily. It is soft, it's malleable, but it can also be a destructive force. Back when I used to work in animal hospitals, when I wanted to wear down my boss to make her decide on something, I would look at her and I'd say, that's okay. The Grand Canyon started with a single drop of water. With enough persistence, even a soft drop of water can create some deep, immense screws. The element of water is connected with the sacral chakra and the chakra systems. It's associated with emotional connection. It's associated with the divine feminine. It's associated with pleasure and receptivity. 
Water is necessary for life. Without water, most life forms on our planet would perish, but too much water will cause floods, will cause canyons. Too much water at one time will stop nourishing the earth and instead it washes it away. So learning how to balance water isn't about being like more, 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 more. It's about knowing how much water you need to balance out the other elements. Now, each of the elements is also connected to specific signs on the astrological charts. In fact, a lot of the personality traits that is associated with each of the astrological signs has to do with the element that each sign is under. So the water signs are Cancer, Scorpio, and Pisces. You'll also find indications of the elements in the tarot deck. If you've ever explored the tarot deck, the element of water is represented by the suit of cups. And so when we are working with the deck, when we see the suit of cups come up, we know that we're working with something on the emotional layer of reality. Now, if you look at this in terms of your own personality and your own psychology, what does it look like? What does it feel like? What does it mean to have a lot of water in your life, in your personality? So people who have a lot of water in their psychology are very, very, very flexible and go with the flow kind of people. They're very imaginative. They're highly, highly empathic and tend to be introverted. Introverted has nothing to do with whether or not you like people or don't like people. It has to do with how you recharge your batteries. Someone who is introverted needs to be on their own in order to recharge. Too much air makes water choppy air element is thinking. So when we try to think too much, we just make that water choppy, too much fire, and the water doesn't get reinvigorated, it evaporates. And so water needs to be still to recharge. That's why it's introverted. People who have a lot of water in their psychology are very nurturing. They're very intuitive. They are very deeply connected to their emotional realm. This means that they're very go with the flow kind of people, but they have a hard time standing their ground and holding their convictions. The good news is that water will take on the shape of any vessel it's placed in. The bad news is, is that without a boundary, without a shape to be poured into, it flows all over the place. People who have a lot of water in their psychology can be a little wishy-washy. They're not great at making decisions. Everything's an idea, but they never actually take action on it. They can be overly sentimental and a bit prone to fantasy. They can get locked in their imaginations. Without balance from the elements of air and fire and earth, they can become stagnant water. Stagnant water grows mold and bacteria. People who have stagnant water in their personality can be prone to depression, to anxiety, towards a tendency towards escapism, whatever that means. Could just be flicking on your phone, could be something worse. The element of water requires boundaries. Emotions require boundaries. Otherwise, without that, the personality can become very ungrounded, very cut off, and quite numb. By the way, just because you are a water sign does not mean that the element of water comes easily or balanced in your personality. In fact, the water signs tend to be water signs because they have a lot of this and they need the other elements to balance them out. That applies to all the signs on the astrological chart. So let's say you identify, okay, I need to work with more water. I'm too fire. I'm too earth. I need to actually bring in more of this flow. I am too rigid. How can I start to bring some water into my healing journey? First option is you need to do something that gets you in touch with your emotional self. So you need to do some form of meditation, static or dynamic. I like dynamic meditations because sitting still and contemplating my own navel just pisses me off. And so I like the dynamic meditations that allow me to get into my body 
because I need some of that element of earth as part of my meditation to then hold the flow of water in. One great dynamic meditation, if you've hung around me long enough, you may have heard me talk about anger work. That is a dynamic meditation. You do something physical to move your body, and then you do a brain dump and just allow whatever has to come out to come out. That's the flow of water. You can work with the element of water by journaling, 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 and journaling some more. Your emotions have to be acknowledged, at least by you. To deny your emotions, to try to rationalize your emotions, is to repress them, is to cause stagnation with the water element. On a more physical kind of reality, you can just spend time near some bodies of water. Go sit by a lake, a river, a stream. Taking a bath is a really nice way to work with the element of water. Uh, go walk in the rain, play in puddles, listen to the sound of water. When I just need a moment and to rebalance, if I can't get out and do something, I'll just put my headset on with the sound of a babbling brook and sit there for a little while without running in the background. Engaging your imagination is crucial for working with the element of water. And that can mean whatever it means. You can use your imagination in doodling in a book, in painting, in dancing, in hula hooping, in daydreaming. Whatever it means for you to use your imagination, that's working with the element of water. Crying. Crying is a wonderful way when we have too much air in our personality, which we're going to talk about next time. We tend to try to rationalize away our tears, and so our face stays dry. We need to cry in order to bring that element of water and give it some movement. Another wonderful way to work with the element of water is about developing your behavioral flexibility. That means knowing how to adapt, knowing how to go with the flow. Learning to go with the flow, believe it or not, is a skill set. It's a mindset. It's something that can be learned. This idea of I'm just not that kind of person will keep you stuck in one of the other elements and will keep this part out of balance for you. And you can learn to receive with grace. The element of water is the divine feminine. It's all about receptivity. Receptivity meaning accepting the wonderful treasures that surround you in your life and feeling gratitude for them. It means accepting compliments from other people, accepting help from other people gracefully. Not reluctantly, not with a story about, oh, this whole thing, but like, thank you. I appreciate that. Learning to receive with grace is a wonderful way to bring the element of water into your life. Now, this is just a nerdy little fact that I found really interesting, so I wanted to share it. So the element of water is associated with the emotional realm, and it's also associated with the cardinal direction of the West. The West is where the sun sets. The West is where the darkness starts. The West is the shadow. And so the reason that is the Wicked Witch of the West and why she's all dark and shadowy is because the translation from darkness and shadow somehow got misinterpreted along the way as wicked. And so the shadow self, the emotional self, the direction of the West started to get associated with not good things. And then superstition started to develop. And the reason is just because it's talking about the element of water is talking about our shadow selves and our emotional self. And what was it that ultimately brought down the Wicked Witch of the West? That's right, you guessed it. It was water. Now, I just thought that was kind of neat. So some key concepts to remember. Remember that learning to work with the elements is all about tuning into the aspects of who you are and all of them. Again, you can either hold true to, well, I'm just a Capricorn and I can't do this, or I'm just an Aries and I can't do this because that's just how I am is a little too rigid. Learning to work with the elements is about knowing how to identify where there's an imbalance and which elements you can bring in to rebalance you. 
Remember that the element of water is all about your emotional shadow self, which means it's your most primordial self. You are not meant to ignore it. You are not meant to hide from it. Whether you acknowledge it or not, it's there and it's you. And remember that no element is better than the other. It's all about just knowing balance. It's about knowing how to get yourself back in balance when you inevitably fall over. (laughs) The journey is not about never becoming imbalanced. The journey is about recognizing it sooner and rebalancing faster. And as always, I want to remind you to decide you want it more than you're afraid of it. For some of us, this is the element that scares the snot out of us. And for some of us, we don't know how to get out of the water because we were already drowning. So just decide you want it more than you're afraid of it. That's always the decision. That will take you to the next step. And of course, if you have any questions about anything from tonight's circle or podcast, please know you can always reach out to me through either of my websites, either btgwellness.com or my coaching website, livelifeunbroken.com or through email or through social media. So I'm conflicted whether I have too much or or I need more because sometimes I am like I'm a water sign, right? So and sometimes I am emotional and it's. Then I look back at it, I was like, maybe that was over the top. I don't know. And like other people have handled it differently. I don't know. And then another thought of my of myself was go with the flow. And somebody did call me at one point that, like, oh, you're so that's what I love about you. You're flexible. And I was like, I I am. <laughs> you know, and I think like, and then when I think like about work, like I am more flexible than I would have been before. But I still don't think of myself as like a flexible go with the flow kind of person, especially if there's like concrete plans and all of a sudden they change is when I'm just like, I react emotionally to it at first. And I'm like, no, 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 that's not okay. You know, and then I just need like 15 minutes to, I guess, for it to sink in and for me to be okay with it and process. And I'm like, okay, I guess that can work. You've identified which parts of your journey have a tendency to knock you off balance. Mm -hmm. So again, it's not about being like, I'm, perfectly balanced all the time and then no one touched me I'm not going to move because I'm balanced no one talked to me (laughs) it's okay I'm able to hold my balance really well with like my friends I find with my friends I can be super flexible I find I can share my emotions but I also have boundaries and things are really good Mm -hmm. with my mom I'm a mess and at work I'm too inflexible Right. So it's where in my life and it's going to be different imbalances in different situations. So I might need more fire in my work. I might need more air at home. I might need different things in different environments with different people and in different situations. Gotcha. That's why we need to recognize it and then know how to adjust it because it's always fluctuating because you go from your friends to your work to here. Sometimes your friends are at work and you're like, ah, so it's just about recognizing if I'm overly emotional. Then mm-hmm. in that moment, I've got a little excess of water. What can I bring in to balance it? Well, I can bring in some more earth to so get myself grounded. Okay. I can bring in some air, maybe think about this. I can bring in some fire, actually take action and connect in with myself. And then that helps balance the overflow of water that that situation brought on. Other areas, I might be like, it is dry as a bone here, man. I need like, <laughs> we need water here. And then I need to bring more flow there. Okay. Yeah, does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. Cool. And what did you say about the stagnant water? Like, what do we need to bring in there if that's happening? It depends on the situation. So, stagnant water just means that it's stagnant. It can cause a lack of movement, a feeling of being stuck. 
Okay. So often what we need there is a bit of grounding and some actions. We need a bit of fire to move things, but not so much fire that we boil over. <laughs> okay. Right. And cool. sometimes when we have to get the fire going, we're like, oh, the fire now. And then we're like, where'd all the water go? It evaporated. So again, <laughs> balance. <laughs> okay. Awesome. Thank you. My pleasure. My pleasure. Thank you again for joining me for this episode of the BTG podcast, which stands for Bridge the Gap, with me, Jen Fable. Remember, if you want to experience my virtual healing circles in real time, visit www.btgwellness.com circle. And of course, if you have any questions at any time, please know you're always welcome to reach out to me through social media or through my websites at btgwellness.com, or through my coaching website, livelifeunbroken.com. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.